here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Everything Evolves. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Bentley. Aaron Taub is again not with us. He is uh, in Japan celebrating, I guess, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez victory. But I am joined uh, by a guest, a special guest, and our first guest to have appeared in an Evolve ring. That's right, folks. Jarek120. Jarek, what's up, my man? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're very excited to have you. Uh, for our listeners who aren't uh, completely obsessed with you, Jarek, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and where we can find you online? Yes, I am a wrestler. I wrestle and Evolve, and I've done some work with WWE, and I just had a tryout this past February. So I've wrestled. I'm one of the Beyond Wrestling originals. So back when they were uh, doing shows without a live audience and before they really like took off and you can find me on line. I teach magic. I'm better known for teaching magic on a YouTube channel called disturb reality, where I not only teach magic, but I teach how to be a magician, like the psychology behind approaching people doing street magic and actually performing. And that channel is called disturb reality. Yeah. I, Unfortunately, I missed this, but uh, my friends had the opportunity in New Orleans to see you to, uh, perform a trick right there outside of the arena where Evolve uh, ran. Unfortunately, I'd already gone to bed and I've regretted that ever since. But uh, rave reviews from the whole crew. Good. That video in particular, it was pretty funny. I came up with this idea to do daily street magic. Uh, the idea being to the general audience, they get to watch. Street magic on the you know on a daily basis. Who doesn't like to be entertained by magic? But to the aspiring magicians of the world, be like, wow, he's really going out like every single day, and he's approaching successfully and successfully interacting and performing magic to complete strangers on a daily basis. Um, and so when we filmed that video or we did that magic trick, I had my camera with me and I actually gave the camera to someone outside the door i was just like hey who wants to record this i'm trying something new for youtube and uh that ended up being part of one of the first few episodes of daily street magic which i'm on uh 30 days now i'll probably get this wrong but i think our buddy nate is the one who uh recorded the trick which uh which ruled uh i guess are you more into magic or wrestling i'm more into wrestling i guess magic comes more naturally like how some people just get math and because they are both almost two parallel worlds pro wrestling and magic there's performance art you are trying to sell the idea of an illusion to an extent they make people suspend disbelief and people want to believe Am I talking about wrestling? Am I talking about magic? All these things work with both. So there's a performance aspect, a creative outlet, and they kind of always went hand in hand for me. Wrestling was always number one, but magic just happened to be almost dumb luck what I'm better known for. <laughs> so, it's, so in some ways, sometimes I tell myself, man, I've really come a long way, but I went the wrong direction. Like, if, <laughs> what if I would have focused all that? What if I would have moved to the East Coast instead of the West Coast? 
and what would have happened to my wrestling endeavors had I done that. I don't know. So, right, because you have like what approaching nine hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's correct. Over a hundred million views as well, and I'm now. I took two years off. I built that channel from scratch up to like eight hundred seventy thousand, and then I took two years off just to focus on wrestling. And in that two years of just focusing on wrestling, I got a look from Evolve, and I got you know the open invitation from Evolve, and I got the WWE tryout. And now, two years later, I neglected that magic audience, and now I'm trying to come back, almost making it a primary focus of mine. But it's very challenging when you've just disappeared from your hardcore loyal fan base for two years and come back expecting everything to be the same as it was before I left. Yeah, I'm sure that would be true in either one. So what's what's your focus then now on wrestling if you're trying to get more back into your magic? With wrestling, it's really tough. I've been very discouraged over the last six months or so. Uh, far more discouraged than encouraged. And the the closer I feel I'm getting, the the further away the chase for the destination is. And the, the chase is getting very tiresome. Why are you feeling discouraged? Because my tryout didn't go super hot. My... I think I may be done wrestling and evolve for the foreseeable future. I don't know. I might just be off the next couple shows and then come back. Being on the West Coast makes it extremely challenging to make moves because the hotbed in the country, as far as wrestling is concerned, is the New England areas or the East Coast in general, the Midwest. And I in I had an opportunity to move there this past April, but I don't want to leave California because it's California. Sure, and, sure. and yeah, there's just a lot of things that just I feel I've uh, worked hard for with wrestling in traditional aspects between training and traveling the road and learning from different people and just paying dues, paying dues, putting the work in. And I feel like people just really don't like working with me or something. I think there's something about me or my personality that, or I don't know what it is exactly, but I just, I don't know. I'm not as good as I think I am. Or at least that's the the feeling I get from others sometimes. So it's so that that can be very discouraging. Jared, this, this is, is not, not the, the uh, what I expected, expected from you. Right, exactly. Well, you're like the first person I've publicly talked to about these emotions and feelings, and I've talked to like close friends and family about it, but never like a uh, you know a public source of information. You know. Sure. No even indication on like Twitter or Facebook of really like slowing down, but I don't know. It's just, I gave up. I worked so hard to build the magic thing. And then I just gave it up to sacrifice like everything for this. And now it's just like, I don't know. Like I said, just the chase is getting uh, not as fun. So are you thinking about getting out of wrestling? Uh, I'm definitely thinking about slowing down and not worrying so much about looking a certain way, uh, you know, trying to be in athletic physical condition all the time. Not, ne- not necessarily letting myself go, but it's hard to even put on weight, you know, muscle or size and just my... 180 pound body right now or my frame the way my bones were built it's just i have to (laughs) i'm my body was built a certain way for like a certain frame and to try to manipulate that could drive me crazy or on top of just the chase being so long there's a lot of things i've done behind the scenes in wrestling that the saying goes you get back what you put in and i feel like I have put a lot in and 
not gotten a lot back. Not that that's bad, but like I said, the older you get, the more realistic and I don't know. You have your your brain changes. So I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I got to say, I mean, you've uh, you've been performing in Evolve, of course. That's the main reason we're talking, which is a pretty high level as far as independent wrestling goes. You got the WWE tryout, uh, and there's lots of guys who have told stories of not having a great go around at their first WWE tryout. But it sounds to me like you're having success, so that's surprising to me that you don't feel the same way. Oh, well, like I said, like it, on the surface, it looks like that, but you people only see what you know you want them to see there's a lot of things that go on behind or yeah behind the door or off camera that really mess with your mentality and has you asking asking yourself or telling yourself man if i really truly want that then that has to come before everything and anything uh you have no more christmas to really really get there the ones who really get there no more christmases no more birthdays with loved ones or you know significant others and you end up asking yourself i mean is that more important to me than spending a holiday with the people i love like someone saying no you can't go do that because especially because I've lived a lifestyle the past, since 2012 where I am my own boss. Like I haven't clocked into a real job since 2012 because of magic and stuff like that. And so I've had wrestler friends tell me, it's just like, man, you're making you're self-employed off of you making YouTube videos. Why are you doing wrestling? Why are you killing your body and or, or whatever? and stuff like that. And so I forget where I was kind of, that kind of trailed off. What was the original? Well, we were just talking about, you know, you were saying that, yes, it it looks on the surface uh, that you've been pretty successful in independent wrestling, but that, you know, there's stuff going on maybe behind that, that uh, is a little more discouraging. Right. Exactly. It's just, just, again, like I said, there's a ton of stuff that behind the scenes or that I feel people do to put in the extra mile. And to get no kind of incentive to keep doing that, it's very discouraging and it makes you not even want to try like in other avenues of wrestling as well. I mean, you were saying earlier that I got the sense that maybe you've had conversations with guys that makes you feel like you're not at the level you want to be. How does that happen or what? how does that come up? Um, conversations with guys where I'm not at where I don't know. Sometimes you bought, you bottle it up, but then you end up talking to other people who kind of feel the same way you do. And especially, I think, a big, excuse me. I think a big part of it may also be so many of our peers now are get making moves, making big stuff. And while that can be that, while that's extremely like encouraging, it's that much more discouraging when it doesn't happen to you. So it's just like, oh my God, like if that person could do it, I, like I'll be fine. Like if, oh, if they can make it and they're doing that, like I'll, I'll be okay. Like I'll, like they'll be great. Uh, and then when you're not, then it's just like, wow, I really need to refigure this out or reconsider entirely. I don't know. Well, what kind of feedback did you get uh, at the WWE tryout? Um, ultimately, I was told that I'm just another 180 pound, six foot white dude, and I was the entire time trying to sell that I'm like a magician and that I could go to hospitals and show kids magic. I'm a public speaker by trade and I can go do the be a star anti-bullying campaigns and incorporate interactive magic into the speeches. Basically all the behind the stuff, things that they do with kids and children and stuff that they can't teach you necessarily. I was trying to express and show that I'm different. 
and being, on top of being an actual legitimately skilled magician, on top of being a traditionally more so trained for wrestling, like I've been trained by driven across the country to learn from Booker T and Bubba Ray. And I've studied from Brian Kendrick and Roddy Piper and Nigel McGuinness and Rocky Romero and uh, Drew Gulak and the CZW Academy and Mike Quackenbush and Chikara and AR Fox's school. Like I've really traveled around and like, but people don't, but because I don't plug that on Facebook or Twitter or whatever saying I'm doing this or that, that's almost like, did it really happen? <laughs> and so again, all that traditional training on top of non-traditional training, the speaking and working with kids and this other skill set, I was just like, man, like I, I feel like I'm marketable on top of what if even 10% of my 870,000 subscribers sign up to the WWE network, that's $870,000 a month. And that's only 10% of my audience. And it's still growing. I was, it just, and then when I got pretty much, you're just, you're just a white dude. You're just an 180 pound, six foot, another six foot white dude. That was just like, man, I feel like I've, (laughs) I feel like I'm far more than that with what I've, you know, what my resume says, but, and so that, uh, that can suck. (laughs) I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure we could all sympathize on one level or another with, you know, going after something and not quite getting, uh, the result that you wanted out of it. Which of the, or was it one of those? You told me about several people that you trained with. Was it one of those connections that got you seen by Evolve or uh, or did Gabe just see you somewhere? Uh, Gabe, uh, Evolve had their, Evolve runs a ton of seminars, like maybe four a year or so. Uh, but their biggest one is their WrestleMania seminar tryout camp thing. And my buddy, Tyler, Damian Smith, and I were on that road trip I was speaking of. It was a two-month road trip where we were going to travel around the country and learn, spend a few days at the most notable wrestling schools in the country. Um, and meanwhile, on the way, we were going to make a pit stop about month, one month into Orlando, Florida, to go to the Evolve seminar, hang out for WrestleMania weekend, and maybe go to the Dudley's Team 3D Academy. We did the Arvelve seminar and Damien Smith and I had the first match at that seminar. And we were just like, let's just have fun and be as different and memorable as we can. So we, we had this match that had a magic trick involved in it with Matt Riddle. Uh, and a lot of people liked it. It was just a five minute match that culminated in Matt Riddle signed card coming out of Damian Smith's mouth, him freaking out and me super kicking him. Uh, and it was very meta playing into the whole, like y'all know magic is fake, right? It's like double entendre, like world again, parallel universes that I think that got the eyes and Gabe already knew who I was two years prior because I showed uh, him a bunch of magic at WrestleMania 31. And I later found out that one of the magic tricks that I did really freaked him out uh, where I swallow <laughs> some thread and manipulate it and pull it out of my eye. And he said that really freaked him out. And uh, it made him, it like turned him off to me. At least that's what he told me. But uh, that is pretty creepy. He could be joking. Sure. Uh, Gabe can have a dry personality, so it could be hard to tell. <laughs> but that's how I came into Evolve or got noticed by them. And on top of again, they Gabe already knew we knew me. We uh, had talked a few times before, but then when he saw me at the tryout, he invited me down to do a style battle and Full Impact Pro FIP, and that was that was like my real kind of like tryout for Evolve, and I did great that weekend, and then he brought me into evolve and essentially said, well, here at evolve, you don't, we don't want you to do the magic because it's a wrestling, you know, heavily wrestling and based. So to do the magic contradicts, it was just very, uh, 
it makes sense, you know, if you know the way Evolve style is to see maybe some magic. When the magic stuff works and goes well, it looks like real magic. But if it goes bad, it looks very hokey and fake, like most wrestling matches when you think of great matches and really bad matches. Yeah, well, I noticed that a lot of your other stuff is more, I don't want to say comedy-based, but the, the magic is bigger than anything that you did in Evolve. That's true. Yeah, especially when you watch my stuff from Beyond Wrestling. That's where I really have the most like experimentation with trying out, you know, what is what will the audience respond to? And it's it works. It's, it's the same as Joey Ryan's, you know, dick flip stuff. Sure. Uh, but if you play it, if you play it right, I don't, it can just be no one else does it. It can be very entertaining when it's done right. Well, what's your experience in Evolve been like? I mean, coming from my perspective, you just had two of your best matches in the promotion uh, the past Evolve weekend. This, oh, the two weeks ago? Yeah. You think so? I thought so. I really liked the John Davis match. Thank you. And I really liked the Darby match. I thought you had two really good matches. So um, I was surprised to see the schedule for this Evolve Progress Tour come out for next month. And I didn't see your name listed. And you said at the top that you might not be working those shows. So I, I, I was interested in that because I felt like you had really gone to another level uh, in Evolve. Well, again, with my it's, – it's, wrestling is a very cosmetic business. Extremely cosmetic the way you look. And to tell the truth, I just don't look that good right now. After, after I was not starving myself but really training hard for that tryout, and I looked really good for the tryout. Uh, and then afterward, when you know I feel like I got the wind sucked out of me, it's very easy to just get into that. Whether it's comfort food slump or I don't care as much slump or just that negative headspace. So I think there's a lot of reasons why I may not be on the upcoming shows, and a big part of what I believe that is to be is my look. I just don't look like I don't look as good as I should for being a, like an athlete in a professional wrestler athlete in evolve the feeder system to WWE. But there's a lot more reasons. I believe that's just uh, one of them. Well, that, that's interesting though, right? Because, you know, for example, a guy like Joey Janela comes in to evolve on their most recent weekend uh, they put the one of the championships on him. Not the best look in the world, but he's developed this uh, following because he's a lot different from most wrestlers, right? Absolutely. So, so you have some similarities in a way to what Janela has built. So I find that I find your perspective on this kind of fascinating. Well, if you think about it from my perspective, with that same notion, maybe you can see why I may feel. Ch- even more discouraged. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're seeing guys come in who have similar or worse body looks. I mean, I don't think, honestly, I think I said this on our podcast that I thought you looked like you were in better shape on the most recent shows. Uh, so uh, who knows? I guess. No, well, thank you. I, I uh, <laughs> in my, well, I don't know. I, I Sometimes months it's good, some months it's bad. Yeah, that's uh, like everybody, though, right? I mean, right. But I don't know. I, I worked really hard to hype and hype that match against uh, Darby and stuff. And I thought there were people who, like, you know, wanted to see it. And yeah, it was. I'm well. I'm glad that you enjoyed the, the past two tapings and shows. I think. Every, I mean, well. The bubble of Twitter that I inhabit, I'm sure, is very small. But I think everybody that I talked to about Evolve kind of shared those thoughts that these were your best matches. Um, I'm not trying to throw anyone under anything, but you did have you did end up working a lot early on with Jason Kincaid, who I didn't think had his best showing in Evolve. He's done better stuff elsewhere. And so I was happy to see you kind of move on, get some work with other folks. Um, but if that's the end of the road in Evolve, that would be a, it would be a bummer. 
Yeah, I was uh, I, I was kind of a mental state of go out with a bang or uh, I'm I'm sad. So, <laughs> uh, um, but I'm glad you liked the, those two recent matches. I watched the John Davis match back again today. I watched both matches back today, but I like the John Davis match that finishing sequence where he just kills me. It's pretty. Uh, he lit me up a good one. I'll tell you that throughout. <laughs> Throughout the match, <laughs> yeah, that uh, seems he's like a, his style. He's a big boy. He's got some, uh, some heavy, some stronger, uh, stronger than he looks. <laughs> well, I didn't uh, honestly. I didn't intend to talk about wrestling as much as we have, but uh, you went there, and I thought it was interesting. So I'm glad that we discussed it. Um, here's to change topics a little bit. Here, are you aware that you have? attain some level of uh, cult status within a certain group of uh, wrestling fans on Twitter. A cult status within a certain group of wrestling fans on Twitter? Yes. I wouldn't even know how to find it. Like, no one ever mentions me and stuff. Like, I feel like I'd have to search my name, which I don't do vanity searches like that on (laughs) Twitter unless I did something significant. (laughs) Not a vanity searcher. That's interesting. Yeah, it's unless like a video of mine's going viral or like something like that. Yeah. I well, don't, so yeah, what's this cult following? I'm not aware of it. Well, you popped up in Evolve, and uh, there were some of us who weren't that familiar with you from before Evolve. And the first thing that people started sending around Twitter was this uh, YouTube video. I mean, everybody found your YouTube page pretty quickly, and the 2017 Sell Your Soul video started popping around really yeah and, and there go ahead i'm interested to hear this there's a lot of focus on that whiteboard jarek yeah everybody there's... wanted to see uh what you were focusing on and what you were what you were completing uh, you know for example that's how we all figured out that you'd done the wwe tryout well at the time i posted that video the la- the, the very last shot is the wwe tryout and it says before march something or other 2018 so i hadn't done the tryout at that time yet it was just a hey i got the call i'm green lit i will be there uh i learned this at the end of 2017 let's make this kind of a theme for the 2017 video this idea of crossing out these goals and focusing on you know what's next what what can we have forward to look forward to in 2018. And so, yeah, when I crossed that out and when that video aired, I still hadn't had the tryout yet. Yeah. So everybody found that video. They found your YouTube channel. And I mean, you are a different guy than most wrestlers. I think you would agree with that. Uh, You have a different personality. You're doing this magic. And I think people were just sort of uh, taken with it with just like that. It's fun. You know, that you're a, a fun personality that we don't normally see in, in wrestling. Thank you. I I wish that <laughs> translated more to people on whether it's the East Coast or whatever, because I don't know if I'm just not garnering a certain reaction to. I feel like the people love to hate me. Like <laughs> they cheer for me at fo- first with the idea, like, oh, cool, like I'm excited to see what happens. Whether maybe they're cheering for candy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but then, as soon as I fuck through the curtain, it's not cheers anymore. And so, I thought I had like, I was like, I don't know, like, should I be trying to get cheered or? But that's not. I should be trying to get booed. Anyway, I don't know. That's really cool that the 2017 video like did that because I do those videos every single year. Uh, And if you watch the 2016 one, which is arguably better, uh, you'll see kind of how the year going from uh, I was like I was kind of dabbling with wrestling. I was like fading away from magic and getting into wrestling. And that year was very like down in the idea of like i need to really make some moves here like i'm at that age where if wrestling i need to go all in and then the 2017 more so told the story of like hey like like okay i sold my soul for this like i gave up everything for this uh lifestyle or whatever these vices and 
then, you know, let's see where it goes. So it'll be interesting to then see what's the 2018 video going to bring. Is it going to be, be more somber with the idea of, I don't know, maybe wrestling's not the thing? Or will it be another nice, cool, fun music video? We'll see. But those, those end-of-the-year videos can really, I really try to pull out uh, how the year was emotionally for me. So did you like the video? I love the video. It was very popular uh, among my friends anyway, for what that's worth. Um, I guess, I don't know. This is, I was not at all expecting this coming into this uh, discussion, Jared. So, so much, there's just so much to talk about. There is. We haven't even talked about like any of the magic stuff or like what I'm doing or this lifestyle. Because this, when you first hit me up, you were just like, uh, do you want to, we were talking about the Darby Allen promo and the, the living in color promo and the birthday magical birthday promo. And the idea of like, is this lifestyle really what this guy says it is, or is it just a promo? And you were like, would you be willing to come on to talk about this kind of stuff or whatever? Talk about these claims. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And now we're here. It's just like, but there is, I could talk about that road trip, that two month road trip for the longest time and learning from the different people. Um, there's there is just a lot like you said i i like to believe that i'm pretty different i don't know any other wrestlers on the indie level that are except maybe joey ryan that and of course the young bucks and stuff like that but i do live a very different lifestyle where i don't have a shoot job or stuff like that well it's i don't know it's all I think your wrestling style. Now I feel like I'm. I don't know how how I am feeling about what you're telling me. I feel like your wrestling style. Maybe this is part of the problem. Is that I think you're more suited to the WWE style. So when I saw that you were getting the trout, I was like, yeah, that could work. This guy's got the personality. He works that kind of style. Uh, maybe you don't work the same style as the more work rate guys on the indies, especially the bigger East Coast indies, or like PWG style. I mean, is that, are oh, you there's, that so, there's, so then you come to, yeah, then this is another topic entirely is the idea of like, right, that's not his style. But so there's two things that I immediately think about when you say that. First thing is uh, my trainer, Brian Kendrick. He was saying when he was doing all his indie shows before WWE and even thereafter, like when he went to TNA and did Ring of Honor, New Japan, anywhere he would go, he would wrestle the WWE style because that's where he wanted to be. And that really like spoke to me when he said that. It's just like, yeah, like why wouldn't I want to try to most emulate that style? And then the other aspect of me that I think about is when people do look at me or think of me and they think, oh, he's the wrestling magician. Oh, he's the magic wrestler. They don't think, oh, he's technically skilled and savvy and he can, you know, escape legitimately escape out of majority of holds and work a faster, high paced PWG style car crash wrestling match, which I grew up doing that. Uh, and so it's just, I can, but then when I go to wrestle people, they think, Oh, he's just the magic. He's just the magician. So we need to not, wrestle that style because i don't think he can but I, again this could all be just in my head just me thinking <laughs> what other people think but that's what i would think if i came across someone that portrays themselves as a comedy wrestler or, you know not serious i would never think oh let's go out there and have this five-star blockbuster you know back and forth match right people aren't trying to work young bucks <laughs> style matches with like cole cabana for example. Uh, so I just wonder if you're not getting uh, the you know excitement or whatever on the indies level because people on the indies, the fans on the indies are looking for a certain style, right? Like you were in New Orleans. You saw probably like the Will Ospreay, um, Matt Riddle match, mm -hmm. which like blew the roof off the place, right? They got like a lot of, so one guy saw a ton of matches and made an article of like the best top 50 matches, including WrestleMania and NXT. 
and he, or maybe it was a hundred matches he rated, but he put that Matt Riddle Will Ospreay match at number two or three out of all the matches he saw. Just crazy. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, so, I mean, have you thought about trying to adapt to that sort of style? I may end up doing something soon. I feel very almost young bucks where they were doing everything they thought they were supposed to do. And then when they were ready to quit, they just went on a little run of like, I'm just going to do whatever I want type of deal. I may do end up doing something like that. I may, I feel very, uh, I hear stories about Tommaso Ciampa from, I think 2015 when he had a tryout and it didn't go the way he expected to. And I'm not saying he kind of playing suicide from stories I heard. I don't feel that extreme, but I do feel very, down as just as anyone who's worked 10 years to just get an opportunity to get looked at like that um and both in the ring and out of the ring you know i don't know it's just a crazy it's a very insane subculture that's that's true but i mean like they didn't sign ricochet the first time he went right (laughs) i've heard yeah i've heard stories of like kevin owens had four tryouts and right Amazing. Like someone else had like Daniel Bryan had like seven tryouts and stuff like that. And, um, but I don't know. It can just, maybe they're just had thicker skin or something like that, but they were also still wrestling on such a high level for like ring of honor. Like they were wrestling 60 minute main event matches at ring of honor at the time that they did that. And I'm not. So no, but you show up and evolve, which I think is a good place. Uh, obviously, it's a good place for getting noticed by WWE and uh, the NXT system. But I hear what you're saying earlier that you know one of your problems may just be that you live on the West Coast. It's hard to work all these East Coast indies that uh, everybody talks about to get the most eyeballs on them. If somebody's got to fly you in to get there, right? Exactly, and. There's just a ton of other stuff that goes mentally into it too. That just where I think, oh, if I keep doing this, like who it could lead to me thinking like, like it's crazy the wormhole of negativity that could potentially come from that lifestyle of trying to be look look and perform like a professional athlete for 365 days of the year, like. I don't know. It could cause like insanity. If I really hunkered down, I was just like hardcore gym, hardcore eat this. And really, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I'm like traveling off and I didn't want this to become like a pity party type of like, (laughs) Oh, make me feel better about myself. But, but because I still, I guess to bring it back around to positivity stuff is I wanted, I was trying to sell myself to WWE with the idea of think of the benefits that of doing magic for kids in hospitals, Uh, you know, think of the anti-bullying speech, think of this and blah, 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 think of that, that, that. And it's just, uh, I can still do all that stuff without the umbrella of, you know, their backing or whatever. So, and I have done that stuff before. It's very, very fulfilling. So I may try to, if, if WWE or whoever doesn't feel like they need me, there is, there are kids like in India that have no access to magic or get their hands on playing cards to even learn magic. And if someone, if a kid does find out, find out about magic in some country like that, they have a free source to learn from to teach them stuff they wouldn't have even known like existed for free. And it's just nice and fulfilling to get letters from people like that who are just like, Hey, thanks for, you know, doing what you do. And I just ultimately come back to those like, well, I'd like to go keep going doing more speeches or maybe do hospital stuff. But at the same time, I'm really jaded towards magic. Like I don't, I want to write a book about the idea of using magic to trick people into liking you. I'm really, really jaded towards the, 
I got jaded towards magic, and then what ended up happening is I just think of it from a different perspective. Most magicians, you ask, oh, why do you do magic? Why do you like it? It's like, the reactions are great. Like, think of all the people that you're you're brightening up their day, and like you, you inspire kids and making people believe in the wonder of that is. And that's true. But then there's another aspect that I think about where it just feels like a very manipulative tactic to get people to either like you or envy you or praise you or want to be around you. And it's just a, like a, a nice manipulation tool. And that may be bad to say, but (laughs) that's just like, that's how I see it. I see, I've seen people at bar, like sleazy guys at bars trying to use magic as a way to like pick up girls and stuff like that. So I don't know, you can use it for good or bad. And I do, (laughs) I definitely use it for more good than bad. And I just try to show, I don't know, hopefully just help kids. And, but yeah, I don't need wrestling or WWE to do that. Well, if we're talking about lifestyles, I guess since that is, was the original hook, we should talk about uh, the tweets that we exchanged, which which I think we're largely, as we, uh, we've gotten here now, I think we're largely uh, in character. Maybe not. Yes, Jarek's well, not. They're, they're for sure in character in the they're for sure in character in the idea of the narcissistic like like every every bad guy believes that they're right. Right? And every and every bad guy hopefully can make the audience say, "Man, that guy's right." But fuck him. I hate the way he's saying it. Like he's a piece of shit. But <laughs> got a point though. Right, so this all started with your video with uh, the server, right? Uh, if you haven't seen it, Jarek is out in a restaurant, does a magic trick for the server, says, you know, basically, if I do what I say I'm going to do, uh, give me a free dessert, right? Correct. And uh, you do the trick. You do what you promised to do with the trick. And um, it, works. it works. Exactly. Uh, but as I recall, we don't find out in the video whether you got the dessert right you do see it 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 cuts to a transition the next shot is me sipping from the chocolate milkshake it's just a chocolate milkshake but they call it a chocolate frappe or whatever and so the next shot you know that that trick ends with like hey it's my birthday which is a manipulative incentive for him to want to give you a, a treat plus you gave him the the reward of free entertainment Plus, he thinks I'm going to be asking for like a discount on the tip or or not on the tip, but a discount. on. I was like, if I get this right, as soon as I say that, he's immediately thinking this motherfucker is going to ask for a percentage off or he's going to ask for a free meal because it's his birthday. So then when I come back and I just ask, oh, you know, I just want maybe a free dessert, maybe if you can do it, then all those factors tie into me actually getting it for free. Was Was it actually your birthday? It was actually my birthday that day, yes. I didn't have to show my ID for whatever it's worth. Anyone who wants to try that tactic, they, uh, they didn't check uh, to see if it was actually my birthday. They just took my word for it. But uh, And it worked. That guy wasn't in on it. He it, it, The card wasn't planted. He could have said no. He could have... Sure. He could have been like, no, I, I can't do that for you. And I would, just, I would have improvised at that point. But yes, 100% of that video and that interaction with that waiter slash stranger was authentic and, so, uh, so and then, this yeah, led you, you do see me sh- you you do see me drinking from the chocolate milkshake in uh, a few seconds later okay so this led to a guy on twitter uh tir wrestling he posted a, a screenshot of an interaction that the two of you had and uh, i guess you must have been following the evolve 106 hashtag which i see it had and that's how you found this and you responded to him with a, a picture of you at a pool. There's fireworks going off in my neighborhood. I don't know if you can hear that now. It is. We're recording this on July 3rd. So. And you say, here's a picture of me at one of my two pools. Aaron. I get what I want. Doesn't this inspire you to want more? I can help you. But you're just like Darby Allen and everyone else at Evolve 106. Content with living on minimum needs. Now, where did you come up with Aaron here? Uh, I think that guy said his profile name was Aaron. Or was that you? That, well, that's my name, and that's 
both the guys who usually do this podcast were both named Aaron, which is kind of a well. What did he say prior? What did he, what did he say that triggered me to say that? I should be I'll be able to answer the question. He said, "Proud to report to our followers my first scoop." Hashtag evolve one hundred and six, and then he just posted this photo of him asking you if you got the free thing, and you telling him you did. Uh, I didn't know if he said Aaron or if it was in his profile or why. I I remember specifically saying Aaron. Yeah, you uh, did. That's what I, we were surprised about. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was talking to him. Perhaps uh-huh. I'm, or, or no, no, what, no, what I thought maybe happened is I thought, because he was talking to his buddy Aaron in the thread. He's like, how about this, Aaron? Or something, 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 Aaron. That was and us, I, yeah. And I may have misinterpreted as, oh, this guy's talking shit about me. He, <laughs> like, doesn't think I'm, he's telling his like Aaron went to him and said, "Oh, Jarek one twenty this and that and this and that," and he's coming back and saying, "Uh, no, Aaron, I don't, I don't know <laughs> why I threw that name in there, but I think something about his tweet must have got un- gotten under sure. my skin uh, for me to respond back with a name." So it actually got under your skin. Uh just like the idea of there are a lot of fake. In character, exaggeration, people online, sure. and I don't know. I guess I just felt irritated or a little under my skin of just like the idea of like people saying that what I'm saying is not true. Like I don't actually have this apartment. This isn't my house. This is something else. Or like I, and then I see other people posting videos from like hotel pools and they're just like, Oh, this is one of my two pools. <laughs> just like, no, it's not like you're, you got paid to stay at that nice hotel and you're taking advantage of it by cutting a promo in front of the pool. So then I maybe rudely uh, made a joke because you called out Aaron and I assumed you were calling out me. And uh, I joked, do you own the apartment complex too? Because the pool appeared to be condominiums or an apartment complex of some sort. Right, right, right. And uh, you came back at me. Don't own the entire complex, no. Do I need to? Emoji with the uh, monocle. I own everything in it, and I'm in debt to no one with all of my possessions paid off, a lot in cash. Parents were school teachers. I inherited nothing built from scratch. Keep up your projects, and it could happen to you. So you end with something positive. Right, to be that douchey, like narcissistic, (laughs) like, hey, this guy actually has a point. Maybe... Maybe if I just asked him for some advice, he'd be nice and helpful, but I don't want to ask him because he's a fucking douche. <laughs> I've dropped the bomb so many times, but that, that's just, yeah. Well, do but, you own two pools, Jarek? I guess is the most important question. I mean, I guess no, I don't own two pools technically, but <laughs> the apartment complex that I live in, that's eight minutes away from LAX in Southern California, in Marina Del Rey, the same neighborhood as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ooh. has... Two pools, two hot tubs, ten grills to cook out. Like I'll be able to watch the fireworks tomorrow from my rooftop because it's like a quarter mile from the r- marina. Uh, everything that again, that's just another quote or another tweet that one hundred percent of it is authentic in what I said about. It's just like yeah, everything in the house, like or apartment, whatever, is mine. In which I showed the video, had the promo with the video of Darby Allen, the living color where I kind of showed a tour of my place. Right. Someone was like, that's not your bike. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. You guys don't like believe anything. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was just being, being in character, but also that those are the best characters. They say it, it, that was another kind of realization I came to is just, Man, am I really trying hard to be this like magic character? I mean, isn't me turned up to eleven being this like YouTube personality character on top of like the narcissistic magician hook jaded towards magic, but will use it to manipulate people like a better character than me trying to portray like a magician? Like sure. I think I think that's a more compelling character is just an exaggerated version of myself. Of course. Yeah. I thought that those Darby promos uh, were the best work that you'd done so far in the promotion. I feel like I'm like blowing you up this whole show, which uh, I don't mean to do. I'm just, You're not. I feel like we're blowing. I think I feel like 
Well, I'm, I'm being truthful about that. I thought that you'd made some real strides in the promotion. Um, I guess, you know, the main thing I want to be honest with you about is when you say keep up your projects and it could happen to you, I just want you to know that this Evolve podcast is not going to blow up and I'm not going to make anything out of it. <laughs> there's like uh, how many, there's not a whole ton of people who watch Evolve. Um, so we have chosen a very uh, niche product to about. Same with magic. And that's what I, that's kind of what I think back to. Like I had, I was talking, had this conversation with my friend the other day, my roommate actually. It's just like, think of how, and you'll be able to wrap your head around this because you do a podcast for wrestling. So here's like the, the world. My hands are pretty big for the listeners, pretty wide, making like a circle globe. And I, I bring my hands in a little, like a lot. And I was just like, all right, here, this tiny little hole, that's the subculture for magic. Those are like magic fans or potential magicians or whatever. And people who like watching magic. And then here's the subculture for wrestling. It's much smaller listeners, much smaller. And t- so I told my roommate, I was like to get to the pinnacle of that subculture compared to the world or like other things. I don't know. It's just, and again, I hope you can attest with the idea of like, yeah, of doing podcasts for this insanely small pop culture. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it just makes you question. And unfortunately like doubt a lot of what you, me, I shouldn't say you, but uh, <laughs> like believe in and, love and there's just so many factors that go into it like again back to on top of you know you see other people do it you're like oh awesome that's great that's a good sign and then you know you can imagine how it'd be discouraging if it doesn't happen to you or whatever yeah Yeah, i mean like uh i'm a lawyer in real life which is not quite as exciting as uh being a pro wrestler attorney or aspiring prosecuting attorney or what? No, I, I do uh, civil rights work. I do prisoners' rights and police misconduct uh, civil litigation. And so if you want to talk about niches, <laughs> it's a small, uh, small group of people. And so I see people who don't do what I do. Well, sometimes I see people who do what I do and they get uh, the big case that I didn't get. Right. Right. And that can be discouraging. But what can be more discouraging is seeing the people who I feel like are doing work that isn't as rewarding as the work that I'm doing or as fulfilling. And they're making a lot more money than I am doing that work. And that's very discouraging. You know, you feel like you're getting more fulfillment from the work that you do versus them getting more money. Or you feel like they're repeat that or break that down for me one more time. Yeah, I feel very fulfilled by what I do. I get to represent people who I feel don't really have a voice and people who a lot of other people don't care about in any way. Uh, People who bad things happen to them while they're incarcerated. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think they deserve it or, you know, they don't have any rights or whatever. And I don't feel that way. So I get not only the reward of helping people who a lot of people don't help, but these clients are especially grateful because so few people care about their plight. So that's great to me. Now, if I could do that and make a ton of money, that would also be great. But then I see people who, you know, defend big corporations money for a living and they make a ton of money doing that. And that's pretty discouraging. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, Like, I guess the best way I can compare those two things, uh, just the idea of someone either using. It's like the people who got OJ off who knows how much money they made and stuff like that. And whatever happened with Casey Anthony and, you know, stuff like the, you, the her defense attorney. And, uh, but basically, so we make videos for YouTube and sometimes those videos will go viral, which means it's, that's good news financially for you. Well, what Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are doing are basically allowing, and I'm sure you and anyone listening has seen on Facebook. Uh, this person shared this video, and it's this video that you look and it has 10 million views. Well, guess what? That's not the original person who filmed it or made it. Someone stole. Someone saw that that video was going viral, ripped it, re-uploaded it, 
to either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to exploit someone else's work to basically make money for themselves. Now, the videos themselves don't make money, but the following, it's like 10 million people watched this on Facebook. How many of those 10 million people are now liking that page, hoping to see more content, viral content from them? And it would it just makes you ask yourself, hmm, should I keep making original content and hope that it goes viral? Or should I become those pieces of shit and download viral videos and re-upload them to exploit them for money? And that's like, so I can't, uh, we probably can't empathize the exact same way, but that's like the closest thing I could think of is just. Yeah. Well, it's like, do you want to create something that means something to you? Or do you want to just cash in, right? So, I mean, I think we kind of are saying pretty similar things, right? I but, wish we, I yeah. wish we'd had the other Aaron on on this episode because he works in content, he works in ad tech marketing, so he would have had a lot to say about creating content and uh, the plight of someone who who does that for a living. But right. uh, yeah, so just yeah, you think about you think about, okay, how long did it take you to make that, to come up with the idea for that video and then to execute it? And then you had to edit it a specific way because maybe it would have gone viral if if you did or didn't. And then all the metadata and the thumb, like so much work goes into the, the hope, the hope to get a viral video. And then someone just comes along, rips it, re-uploads it, gets all the benefits. So it's just like, why even make content? <laughs> that's the thing you just said a lot of people are going to post on twitter and they're just going to write why even make content and uh, that's going to be uh it's not going to go viral because we live in a small a twitter bubble world but it will uh people are going to love that good well one thing that i haven't asked you jerick that i have to ask you before we go um because uh mike spears who is the person you did the trick on or whatever in the video in new orleans okay he wants to know, based on the whiteboard from the 2017 video, did you get into cryptocurrency? Oh yeah. Well, why? Why? What did he, why? What did he say about? It? Or what did what was on the whiteboard about I, it? I think you just put that you wanted to get into it. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I I for sure thought people were. I was like, that was one of the fun aspects about that video that made it exciting for me was the idea of oh man, people are going to pause this and try to read my goals and. What did I accomplish and what am I still trying to do? But yes, I am in the cryptocurrency world and a big advocate for it. And um, I took like a hit because of what happened this past, you know, January and stuff like that. But I have good faith that it'll start to pick up from here slowly until October 15th, which is the second cutoff date for taxes like if you you know we all know april 18th 15th or 18th or whatever is tax day but you can file an extension and you know do you have till october 15th to you know wrap that up for the year so i think we're going to see a slow increase from now until october 15th and i think from october 15th till like december 22nd we'll see hopefully a very similar pattern to what happened this past uh, winter fall where it just went viral in before Thanksgiving and leading up to Christmas. And then suspiciously just three days before Christmas, it tanked because everyone sold their Bitcoin or sold their cryptocurrency to uh, Christmas. (laughs) Be able to pay for, not only for, for Christmas, but to, pay any tax things they may have to in april but you can never predict the future from the past as far as bitcoin is concerned but i'm uh on my whiteboards i have like four whiteboards around the house one of them is a calendar and whenever something big happens in the crypto world like a big dip or a big spike like i write down like what it went from and what it went to so in a year, and then I take pictures of all my calendars at the end of each month. And so in a, ideally, in a year from now, I'll be able to look back and be like, oh, wow, like weird that that dropped like $1,000 or went down 10% on this day. Like, I wonder if that will happen again or something like that. 
but you can again you can never predict it are you in the crypto world or what i'm not i'm not at all um good <laughs> because <laughs> have... you will be and it makes me feel good knowing that i'm in still like less than one percent of the world's population like knows about it i did have a friend who uh, messaged me two or three days ago because several years ago he asked me He's like, hey, I'm uh, going to buy into this. Why don't you put in 500 bucks? And uh, for whatever reason at the time, I was like, eh, no, I'm not really interested. And I guess it would have been some outrageous amount of money at this point, even after the... How many, how many years ago or when was that? This would have been... It was right after I started practicing law, so maybe like six, five or six years ago. Oh, man. Yeah, it would have been in its infancy. So if you would have put in $500... Yeah. When it was still a baby, man, oh man, yeah, you'd be looking pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not too late. Hey, <laughs> like I said, I think it's like I think it's going to start increasing from, but but at the same time, I don't know. So do whatever you want. <laughs> I always have to include that. It's just like, hey, like now might be a, it's still a good time, but uh, no if, one rely on you know make your own decisions. Don't rely necessarily on Jarek's, uh Oh, yeah. I'm Best not advice. professional by any means. In fact, I've <laughs> lost like a substantial amount. Not lost. I'm down a substantial amount of money, amount of money that I invested because of this crash. But I'm just trying to hold on tight and hope that we can, you know, if the price gets back up to the point where I bought in, I didn't really lose any money. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you are going to do it. It'd be smart to just put in a little bit of money that you wouldn't necessarily care to lose that you could just write off. You could have it be out of sight, out of mind, whether that's $500 or $2,000 or whatever, an amount that you just feel, okay, I can, I can lose this and not worry about it. And then if you look back in like a year, then, then you'll be, you know, probably happy and then what happens in two years or three years because by 2021 they're predicting that one bitcoin will be worth like a hundred thousand dollars are are you at all concerned about the uh energy consumption related to bitcoin oh with all the mining and stuff like that yes I don't know. We'll have to see like how it goes but I mean I with the way technology has just been advancing so rapidly the last 10 years it's only going to get increasingly more uh faster and more advanced that i feel like we'll be able to find a way to counterbalance that energy consumption one way or another all right i guess we'll see i i've taken up way more of your time than i asked for jerick i appreciate you talking to me oh yeah uh, i hope that well whatever you decide to do if you decide to stick it in wrestling i hope you know, it goes as well as you want it to. I definitely want to see you back in Evolve. Um, if you stick with magic, we'll, we'll be following Disturb Reality to see how it goes. There you go. And who knows, maybe I'll put out another special. Oh, I should I should tell you about that. Uh, look up, if you like wrestling and you like the idea of a magic and you like a good story, search Aspire to Inspire Disturb Reality on YouTube. It's a two-hour video of you know why i do magic and it heavily obviously ties into wrestling and so if you like wrestling if you like magic then that'd be a good special to watch and and like especially those cult following fans who like that 2000 if you like the 2017 end of the year video and you're just like wow this guy's different or interesting or whatever definitely check that out aspire to inspire all right anything else you want to tell the listeners to make sure they check out um, you can follow me on pretty much all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Snapchat, the username Jarek120, J-A-R-E-K-120. Wait a second. I didn't ask you what 120 means. Well, good thing you didn't because you'd be just like everyone else and I tell them <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> well, I tell everyone almost a different thing, but it, it's almost supposed to be like a magic trick where if you know the secret of the magic trick, then is it really that cool or is it really mm. that special? Mm. Mm. all right well that's what i deserve i guess 
least, yeah, so at least you tried. But but for the record, my girlfriend doesn't know what it means. My parents don't know what it means. So this is a real CM Punk uh, thing because of Chicago made slash chick magnet or right. what? Well, for a long time he would just say different things, right? Of what it possibly meant. Interesting. And it came, turns out it was chick magnet. Oh, <laughs> Weird. For sure, thought it would have been Chicago made. Yeah, uh, you know. All right, Jarek. Well, again, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. If you guys like seeing me in Evolve or whatever, then, you know, just make it known. Or the, on the East Coast in general. Because I think with the way wrestling's getting bigger and better and stuff like that, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. And, uh, Send some promoters my reel. It's on. It's pinned to the top of my page on Twitter. So if you want to see me incorporate magic with my wrestling, you can check it out. All right. and magic man on Jarek. Magic man Jarek one twenty. All right, there you go. So now you know how to follow Jarek, how to support Jarek if you want. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show, listeners. We'll be back uh, in late July, early August to talk about the uh, August Progress Evolve shows, and uh, I guess that's it. So. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax prices may vary for delivery.